name is Scott Doughty and thank you for tuning in. This podcast is dedicated to exploring and celebrating what it means to be a leader in the modern age. And I'll be bringing you interviews with inspiring leaders from all walks of life who are working from the inside out to make their world a better place. Today, we're joined by Rishi Venkat, Global Sales Strategy and Operations at LinkedIn and San Francisco. Rishi also happens to be a published author and a mindfulness champion. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of thought to train the mind, creating a successful life of perfect health, and breathwork and meditation techniques for busy people. Okay, Rishi, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you, Scott. I remember when I first came across your work, Rishi, you were running meditation and breathwork classes for your colleagues at LinkedIn, and I was really impressed with what you were doing. So can you give us a sense of what you're up to at LinkedIn in San Fran and how you ended up in San Francisco? Sure. I have been running meditation breathwork classes for my colleagues at LinkedIn. What I'm up to at San Francisco, I'm actually part of the global sales strategy and operations team, which is mainly concerned with helping sales leadership get valuable insights and launch efficient products so that sales can excel. How I ended up here is that I was part of the sales strategy team in APAC for our marketing solutions business. And back then I realized that I had this fondness for product as I could see that even outside work as part of this mindfulness organization that I'm part of, I was, I'd started to have a more product-centric role, rolling out products, launching it to the audience. Similarly, I wanted to get more into product. And I realized how US is the place for it to get closer to product. And that's how I ended up. The answer to that also lies in the power of thought and manifestation, which we are going to discuss later today. Yeah, so you're acting somewhat like a dual agent within LinkedIn. You've got your your day job, and it's it's an amazing story of transitioning to, uh, you know, to be closer to HQ and to the product team. And you've got your passion for mindfulness, um, and you're also sharing that within the organization. H- how did that part of your your I guess your identity and your work at LinkedIn come about? And do you feel there's something unique to the LinkedIn culture that made that possible? Yes, absolutely. The LinkedIn culture is fantastic in the sense that it lets people bring their true selves to work. We have a lot of these employee resource groups. We have a lot of wellness classes throughout the day, right from Zumba, Pilates, to kickboxing, high intensity training, to mindfulness. And it was literally two months after I joined LinkedIn that I expressed my desire to do something to give back to the employees, to give back in whatever little way I could through mindfulness classes. And the wellness head back there in APAC instantly accepted it and I started doing mindfulness sessions. So one interesting thing that I wanted to add is, you know, while it sounds amazing that yes, I did get the opportunity to take mindfulness classes at LinkedIn and it's been more than two years now. What's even more fantastic is that You cannot teach mindfulness unless you are mindful yourself, unless you practice it. So I'm very grateful that through this opportunity, even my own growth could happen more and more. You you just had your uh, Jeff Weiner, who was a CEO for many years at LinkedIn. He just stood down. 
Uh, I'm curious as to, you know, what are some of the impacts you've seen both in even the classes you've been running, but also across the whole company when you work for a company under such leadership with that kind of culture? I must say that the culture, actually, the culture of the leader seeps down through its employees. And I'm so glad to be part of a company where mindfulness is an integral part of its values. Jeff Wiener has often spoken about mindfulness and compassion. I remember a sales kickoff last year in Vegas where he was mentioning how empathy and compassion are different in the sense that compassion is empathy coupled with action. What you do to express that empathy, what you do to make the other person, to put yourself in the other person's shoes and then take the action. So that's definitely had a big impact even on my life. As far as my classes go, go, I'm very grateful to my mindfulness master. Like I've been trained in meditation and mindfulness by a Himalayan monk, Ishan Shivanand. And I'm very grateful to him and the entire fraternity of yogis because through these modalities, even at LinkedIn, I've seen a lot of people who attend my classes come to me and say that not just they felt calm, blissful, relaxed, that's a given. But more importantly, I, there was a guy who had some sort of an asthmatic issue, rather like health issues, a few health issues such as asthma or you know feeling low at some certain points in time. All these people have reported a massive increase in their health index, if I call that, a massive increase in their happiness index and also their health levels as they have been practicing these breathwork techniques. And it's not just about uh, blindly doing the breathwork, but it's integrating it with thoughts, positive affirmations, and ultimately knowing what you want in life. Wow, that's uh, that sounds incredible. And you do talk about you know the power of thought, knowing what you want, being able to get what you want, and our ability to train the mind so, so how do you personally practice this and, and what have you observed in terms of results in your own life? How I practice it is through rigorous mindfulness or meditation every single day. We also have these retreats which take like five to seven days and they are from morning till night. We do, we, we do intermittent fasting during those retreats, like one meal per day and all raw food. And then a lot of breathwork exercises, a lot of meditation, being able to expunge any sort of negativity that has come into our lives in the form of psychic impressions, in the form of those thoughts. You know, someone said something, maybe it does not impact, it, impact us consciously, but if it does create some sort of a subconscious element of resentment, sorrow, anger in the mind, it's very important to remove it. Because all those feelings ultimately impact us, like, you know, impact the system. And we often don't realize that when we express ourselves. So that is one of the first things. And the results that I've observed are a lot of various manifestations that have happened. Being able mm -hmm. to create the destiny I want. I wouldn't say that, you know, creating des the destiny you want sounds like magic. It's And it's... I wouldn't say that it's any magic that has happened to me, but it's just that I followed a systematic pattern of being mindful of my own thoughts, my breath, 
and being mindful of my actions. For example, let me talk about one, one quick technique that my master often mentions, that one hour before you sleep and one hour after you wake up. These are the two times when the brain is connected to that. You're most actively connected to that higher consciousness. This, these are the times when you have the capability to actually think what you want in life and then keep that process going on in your mind while you sleep. But a lot of people waste that, you know, the hours before you sleep, some people watch movies or watch social or are busy on social media. Even I used to do that until I got into meditation and I realized that penning down what I want in life, visualizing as I've, al I've already achieved it, feeling that bliss. Yeah, I'm so glad that I'm in perfect health. I'm, I've achieved whatever I want in life and so on. And then sleeping, getting up, repeating that process. It helps you form a very positive neuropathway, which helps you create the destiny that you want. Some of the results that I've observed are, I haven't had, fortunately, I haven't had to take any medicines at all ever since I stepped into meditation. I haven't had to worry about results because whenever I don't get what I want, I know that some good things will happen to me, as my master often tells me. So my job got created thanks to mindfulness. I should say there's a story about my uh, my master coming to me and one day telling me, Rishi, it's time for you to get married. Like, you know, you need to step out of your comfort zone. And I'm so glad that even my wedding got created through the power of thoughts. I put in that intention that, yes, fine, he's right in saying so. And that happened. And my move to the United States also happened. So plenty of results that can be achieved through the power of thoughts. That's amazing. Great stories shared there. And you know, manifesting the role in the US and, and uh, I guess marriage and obviously attracting the relationship. It all seems to happen by luck. Uh, but actually, if you look, there was the seed of intention that you very consciously placed into your, your, your mind. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it all begins with the intention. And uh, as you asked me previously about, you know, changes in the organization that I've seen, I think here's a point that I probably missed mentioning to you is the intention that we have started setting through the mindfulness sessions that I've been having at work. There are also, there's also Scott who does, who's the vice president, head of mindfulness and compassion. And there are other people at LinkedIn who are doing mindfulness classes or initiating these programs. The overall change that I see is that so many meetings a lot of the meetings that I'm part of, they begin with two minutes of gratitude. And these are initiated by the leaders who are joining that meeting. They say, Rishi, why don't we start with two minutes of mindfulness, two minutes of gratitude. And I get a chance to practice it. Everyone gets a chance to practice it with me. So that setting the intention is a very important part. Setting the intention of gratitude before a meeting, setting the intention of what you want before you start your day. And that that small act can go a big way in getting the results that you need in life. And I love that. And I think, you know, powerful on a number of levels. One, a bit more practically, even just bringing people's awareness into the room, 
you know, before you even get into the power of gratitude as a practice, particularly when it's practiced collectively, because there is, you know, scientific evidence around the energy field of when people are practicing these techniques together. But, you know, most of the time people are running, let's, you know, back when we were still meeting in the office, you know, their, their mind's still somewhere else. You know, people start talking, the meeting begins, but people's minds are elsewhere or on their devices. What I'm hearing from you is that quite often a meeting will start uh, and whether yourself or, I mean, does a leader ever, you know, are they, are they becoming courageous enough to start leading some of these gratitude or centering exercises themselves? Yes. Interestingly, I just had a chat with our head of wellness at LinkedIn a couple of days back. And the plan for us is to slowly expand and have all these mindful mindfulness champions train the manager fraternity on being able to deliver a simple two minute session on gratitude, just lead that before they start their session. And it's not even like they need to do a mindfulness course for that. It's just two minutes. What are you grateful for? And what makes you happy? Think about it, smile, 3D breaths, and then start the meeting. I love it. I love it. It's uh, blurring the line between, you know, mindfulness being a purely a health and well-being practice, but more an integrated part of how we operate, you know, as, as, as uh, leadership functions, teams, and whole organizations. It's it's amazing to see LinkedIn particularly lead the way in terms of showing other organizations how to make this work. You must be very proud to work there. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm very grateful and I'm happy that I've got an opportunity to work in such an organization where learning is a part of an everyday process. There are, the projects that are happening are fantastic. I get to choose the role that I want to be in, actively discuss with my manager, the sort of roles that I want to play. You know, of course, you know, in addition to the status quo, if there's anything additional that I want to do, I can I have the freedom to do it. And an example of that would be yesterday, I did a talk on conscious creativity, which was about writing and how writing and mindfulness can come together to make a more explosive combination, to make a very positive combination that can have an impact on this world. Rishi, I understand you're a big fan of, of yoga as well as meditation, and you've written a book called How Yoga and Meditation Can Change Your Life. Can you give us a sense of, uh, I guess, from your perspective on how we can all create more successful, healthy lives? This book is about all the tenets of mindfulness that I've learned from my my meditative my meditation master Ishan Shivanand and his father, Dr. Avdut Shivanand, all the all the traits that I've imbibed, and I've tried to translate it and put it in a more easily digestible manner so that anyone reading it can understand that be it compassion, be it courage, be it acceptance or oneness, how meditation actually gives you all these benefits and all these gifts it's not that you through the power of meditation you know you get to manifest you get to create a happy life that more than the happy life the real gifts that you're getting are the gifts of acceptance bliss gratitude oneness mm. and and so on and and the list goes on so 
you asked me to share my perspective on how we can create successful, healthy lives. Let me begin by saying that the first and the most important ingredient there is unconditional love. And that love must start from home. From the home, it means not even the family, but from the self. We all need to be aware that, you know, one day we took birth in this body and one day we will leave this body. In that time frame, do you do we truly love ourselves for who we are? You know, our body serves us throughout the day, 24-7. It's one of the simple mindfulness practices that I help our employees practice is about giving gratitude to every organ of the body. That itself is powerful because then you're acknowledging the presence and the contribution of every organ to yourself. And, and every organ is made up of cells. Through the power of thoughts, the cellular system does get impacted. Keep thinking of a stressful thought every night before you sleep, and you can see how that changes the cellular pattern, the cellular system, the, the configuration of atoms. And on the other hand, try to think of a very positive thought, what you want in life. Just try to smile more. Try to visualize that what you want, you've already achieved it. And I'm sure you'll end up feeling much better. Even if you're faking it, it's better to fake it and make it than to think of this negativity as a reality and keep on pursuing it. So the whole book, How Yoga and Meditation Can Change Your Life, is about these tenets, my favorite one being oneness. Because at an atomic level, what I've learned is that at an at atomic level, everything is just atoms. My body is made up of organs, which are made up of cells, made up of atoms. At that level, there is no man, woman, there's no gender, no race, no color, no religion, nothing. At that level, everything is one. And that phenomenon of oneness, if you all embrace, this world will become amazing. I love that, Rishi. And, and what's incredible is that, you know, that knowledge that's been handed down uh, over millennia through your, your teachers, 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 and so on, you know, is all validated by quantum physics and, and modern contemporary science. So this is really amaz amazing, I guess, convergence of, of ancient wisdom and, and modern science and technology. So it's, it's a really exciting time for these subjects. I mean, you know, that wisdom has always been there. It's a wisdom and not knowledge because knowledge is something that can be acquired. But this wisdom has been there. It's, it's a truth, but it has taken time. It has taken this validation. And when something gets, you know, something comes with a scientific validation, not only does it get accepted, but it also is very logically understood by one and all. It's easy for people to digest and assimilate it. So definitely the combination or the integration of science, scientific explanations along with the ancient wisdom is a must in further evolving the world. To your point on uh, you know, how you mentioned about intentions, I think I would also love to suggest to anyone who has a question on how one can practice you know, deliberately being mindful about their thoughts, how one can practice being ensuring that positive thoughts remain. Because it's easy for you, know, you and me to discuss about how negative thoughts have a negative impact, 
how positive thoughts have a positive impact. A lot of people often uh, come and ask this question. So I sort of preempted and I th thought, let me address that as well, about how you can do it. And it's through a simple process of which everyone knows in meditation, a simple process of witnessing, just witnessing the body, witnessing every organ, witnessing your emotions and witnessing your breath and taking a deep breath and then deep breath out. This habit of witnessing the breath and witnessing your entire body, your surroundings, as if you know you are a spectator and you're just looking at your body and every other body on planet Earth as if you're watching a movie. Doing this has a great impact because then this makes you very mindful of the way your body behaves, the mind behaves, the emotions it produces, the thoughts that it produces and the news or the information that it ingests. You know, that was kind of an in informal practice in itself. I, I followed your cues and I, I just becoming far more sensitized to the impact of even that first breath and how even just one breath can make a big, big shift in everything, really. So, I mean, do, do you want to guide us? Sure. I'm happy to actually provide two, two practices as part of uh, this discussion that we are having. So first, like a breathwork technique for the people who like more energizing fast techniques. And second one, a little mild one, a mild technique. But the commonality is that both are energizing both put you in a state of mindfulness and both are capable of triggering massive positive change in the system. So the first technique is pretty simple. Just raise your hands in the air and open your fists and close your eyes. Think of that moment when you were in a very blissful place, in a very blissful moment. You were so happy. So happy that you feel like going back to that moment again and again. And I'm sure everyone would have experienced this sort of a moment at some point in their lives. That moment in which you felt very happy, very blissful, very joyous. And thinking of that, hands up in the air. Slowly pull your hands down. And as you do so, inhale, inhale, inhale and take a deep breath bring your hands in front of your chest tighten the fists and now with the intention that as you tighten the fists you are actually absorbing this emotion of bliss within you now exhale back when you exhale throw your fists back into the air, into the sky, and open your hands. So this exercise, one thing that I would love for you to remember is that my master says, emotion is an energy in motion. So the bliss that you're thinking of is an energy that you want to absorb and transmit to every cell in your system. So with your hands raised, once again, think of the most blissful moment 
Feel the emotion, the golden light of bliss, as if you're pulling it down into your body. And now inhale, inhale such that the person sitting 20 meters away from you can also hear your noise, the sound of your breath. Tighten your fists, feel the bliss within you, around you, and now exhale. Now repeat this. So this exercise, when coupled with the very powerful intention of absorbing the bliss in the system, has a great impact in the overall emotion, in the overall feeling in the system. This is known to oxygenate the brain. This is also known to boost the lungs, be very good for the lungs. and Apart from that, it increases the life force energy in the system. Very simple exercise, but this is something that I would recommend for people to follow. The second thing that I said, the second practice, is again, something that I remember, you know, the yogic masters were there. They are professionals, like they have meditated all their lives. So for them, they would start off meditation with spontaneity and continue it. But I noticed that a lot of times their ending of the meditation used to be a similar pattern. So my master, Shan, would often tell me three deep breaths. It's the first deep breath he would say, inhale and tell yourself mentally, I accept the strength within me. Exhale. Now set the intention. I accept the bliss within me. Inhale. Feel that intention in your body. And now exhale. And finally, the third breath. Tell yourself mentally, good things will happen to me. Good things will happen to me. Inhale. Feel this intention go to every cell in the entire body. Exhale. So these three breaths. Number one, I accept the strength within me. Number two, I accept the bliss within me. And number three, good things will happen to me. Simple, no complicated breathwork exercises. No complicated postures, just three th these three affirmations, three deep breaths are capable of changing a person's life. Wow, Rishi, that's amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that. I've got one last question for you. And this question is about success. I'm curious, you know, after everything that you've achieved so far and you know, you've, it's a long road ahead. I know you've got big dreams and aspirations, but, but right now, what does success mean to you, Rishi? So success to me means adding value to the client, to the customer, to the audience in whatever I do. That's awesome, Rishi. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Sure. My pleasure. Well, guys, that is a wrap for today. That was a really fun episode. It was great to get inside the mind of today's leader. Thank you for listening. Looking forward to checking in with you next time. Bye-bye.